Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Hey everyone, welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I am Becky, and joining me- I am Leah. Oh. I'm Leah, because I'm here. Yes. I was like, joining me for this quick shot of romance is Leah. Hi, Leah. Hi. It's me. (laughs) We don't really get to do quick shots together too much. We don't. We're usually doing one with one of the contributors. And honestly, you've taken the bulk of the quick shots lately because my life was chaos for a couple months. Well, hopefully it'll slow down and we'll get things back on track uh, because my TBR is exploding, Leah. Yeah, I know. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful problem to have. So I'm a little mad at you at this moment. No, you're not. You're not mad at me at all because you love these books. I spent three days reading five books well really it was like two and a half i was gonna say three days for five books what is wrong with you two and a half days for these five books because it was a holiday because i had to do like holiday things so on this episode of a quick shot of romance we are reviewing taken by a sinner by michelle hurd this is a standalone greek mafia romance however it is part of a series called the Sinner we'll Series. We'll get there. We'll tell you all about that in a second. Okay. So this is the synopsis from Goodreads. Drowning in the murky waters of the mafia, I'm determined to find a way out. I have my sights on becoming a film producer and won't let anything or anyone stand in my way. Then my mother marries a retired godfather and I get the head of the Greek mafia as a stepbrother. Nicholas, I don't know how to pronounce that at all. Stathoulis. Anyway, is set on ruining my well-laid plans. His ruthless reputation has me running for the safety of my apartment, but he's always there on campus in my apartment, expecting me to play by his rules. If only I can ignore his godlike features and stop my heart from doing cartwheels at the sight of him. Greek God, pretty much, but he's rude, demanding, and hell-bent on making my life a misery to come play this game, right? It is a standalone, a Greek mafia romance, full-length novel. Warning, it is 18 plus only. Please read responsibly. And this novel does contain triggering contents. And I think you can find the content warnings on Michelle Hur's website, because I don't think they're in the book. They are not in the book. But if you are reading this off of our suggestion, please feel free to DM Buzzing About Romance or Bookcase and Coffee or Mugs.Romance.Read on Instagram, and we will happily... Mm-hmm. happily share content and trigger warnings with you yes. release date on this was march 28th of 2022 mafia forced marriage age gap taboo step sibling um adversary to lovers so i'm mm-hmm. going with adversary on this one versus enemies because mm-hmm. they are opponents in a contest conflict or dispute Well, and they're more adversaries because they meet at the beginning of the book. And so like, there's never really like that time to create this enemies like dynamic. Um, The series name is Sinners. This is book one. It is a standalone put out percentage is 29%. Again, Mm -hmm. check check out content warnings on this book. There's on page violence, bully and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's talk Nicholas and Teresa. 
Yeah. So Nicholas and Teresa. So Teresa's mom has is marrying Nicholas's dad. Like they have are getting married at the beginning of the book. Like they're just meeting. Like she has never met this family before. Like it's a totally new dynamic because her mom has never really been with anybody. And all of a sudden she's getting married to this retired godfather of the Greek mafia. Well, and I think the interesting piece we kind of have to talk about is even though Teresa is not ingrained into the Greek mafia, Mm -hmm. her family actually previously has been a part of it, an outlier per se. Yeah. Her her father was an accountant for the Greek mafia. Like Mm -hmm. he worked, he was an employee for them. And he died, and Teresa and her mother lived with his brother. Yes. But there was never this, she wasn't raised to be a mafia princess. There isn't, Mm-mm. she isn't seeped in the mafia um, hierarchy. She's not in world, yeah. Yeah, it's not a world she's ever lived in. She's really <clears throat> lived a fairly basic and normal life. However, because of her childhood and her mother choosing to live with her uh with Teresa's uncle, her childhood was not pretty. Oh no. And when you find out like the, the things that she went through, like it's really heartbreaking, but when Nicholas finds out he's going to burn, burn the world, burn the world. And there's some violence because of it. There is. And honestly, um, I liked that about him because even though he is, Boy, is he needling her. He is trying to push all her buttons. And initially, it's not with the intent because he's attracted to her. He just wants her to fall in line. Well, I think, I honestly think there was this initial attraction that he, it made him mad that he even had it. So, so I think that there was some underlying element to it, but he, it mostly was, he wants her to fall in line. He wants her to know like he is in charge. Like this is his world. She is just a visitor in it basically. But one thing, when we go back to that piece where like she did not have a good childhood, I love the fact that he allowed her to take charge of that situation in the way that she did. Yes, but he doesn't, So it's interesting because that is one instance in the book where he does allow her some leniency to control her own destiny in that Mm -hmm. situation. However, it's one of the few. He is controlling, he is dominant, Mm -hmm. he is intense, and he is on a mission to change Tess's life. So, nicknamed Teresa, they call her Tess. She is like, he is willful. And she, he is like, she is willful and he is like, no, you're not. No. No, you're going to fall in line. And it's intense. Well, and it's... I like the fact that like she doesn't, like she doesn't push to a point where it's harmful to her, but like she. Yes, she does. <laughs> no, I guess she does. But there's, there's a point where like he tells her like how things are going to be like, she's going to get this money. She has to dress a certain way. Like she has to pay for certain things. And she's like, okay, I'll take this money. And then she donates like, right. 70% of it to like causes that she believes in. And it's like, well, if you're going to give me this money, I'm going to give it to people who really deserve it. Cause she, cause she, she hasn't grown up in poverty. Like she, her family had money. Like she's always been 
decently well off. So she's never wanted for anything. And she, she's like, I don't need all this extravagance. Right. She hasn't lived in the extravagance, the opulent lifestyle that is a lot of times associated mm-hmm. to these mob romances. <clears throat> and she is strong-willed and defiant. Her mother did not rule with an iron fist. Now, mm-hmm. yes, her childhood was terrible, but it wasn't at her mother's hand. It no, was at, at her all. mother's um, lack of knowledge, her mother's own inability to see what was in front of her face. Well, and I think, and I, there was a conversation about that. Like once the mom finds out and how she says, like she was kind of mired in her own grief. And so she was a little bit oblivious to things that was happening around him because like her dad had died. And so like they went into this environment that they thought they were safe and she wasn't. And so her mom felt, felt really bad about it. Like when she found out too, which I appreciated. There are so many sparks in this book between Tess and Nicholas. And it's because he's so possessive and Mm -hmm. she is just feisty and she is not, she makes him earn every inch. Every victory he gets is not easily won. Well, and that's the thing. Like she, she doesn't just lay down and allow him to walk all over her. Like she, she's very strong and like, like he takes an inch and she gives like a half an inch like there's no like I give you an inch you take a mile it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna work for this inch and hopefully get the like half an inch that you're willing to give me but there's so there's this scene where they have to go to the it's a party or a a charity thing or something. And so she has been told that she has to go because that is what the family does. And she has to go shopping and get a nice dress because there's a certain expectation as part of this family. Like, and she shows up in a dress and he loses his shit. Yeah. And she's like, your sister picked this dress out. Yeah. He loses his shit because of, he doesn't like people looking at her in this dress. So he is the head of the Greek mafia. This plays into this whole series Mm -hmm. is called the Sinner series, but it really is around this group called the priesthood, Mm -hmm. which is made up of five heads of different fractions of mafias slash families Mm -hmm. slash bravada. Um, And each book in this series is a story of, each of the different heads of these families that are part of this, the priesthood council. So mm-hmm. this is Nicholas's story and he is the Greek. Um, there is, it's Liam is the book. Irish. Too, and he's the Irish and he's in the city of Chicago. Uh, yeah. This book taken takes place in Vancouver. Um, the third book takes place in Seattle and it's the Turkish and it's, mafia. And it's Gabe, Gabriel's book. Gabriel's book. And then book four is Luca and it is Italian and but they he are lives in... in Los Angeles. Yeah. And then, but he, his book is kind of in conjunction with book five, who is Victor's book. Mm-hmm. And um, he's the head of the Russian mafia. Yeah. And it's, it's a very interesting take on mafia romance. <clears throat> it has all the tension an angst you want in a mafia romance but it wasn't there was tons of tension but it wasn't overtly dark or violent 
And one thing I really like about these series too, is like, you'll read some mafia series when the heads of the mafia, like they have like their mistresses, they have, like, they just, they do whatever they want, but the, all five of these heads, like, it's not like they haven't had relations in the past, but like when you get into these books, like as soon as they see like their heroines, whether it is a short-term or a long-term gap from like when they first see them to when they get together, like they're devoted to these women, like, and they are fully all in, whether they are fighting it or not, like they are all in. They are. And one of the things that can sometimes be intense with mafia is like you said, kind of the mistresses and the power Mm -hmm. plays and, um, the overtly sexual nature of the male, why the female is this very like, um, sheltered, sheltered, like virgin. Yeah. And that is not the case in these books. The, the heroes are definitely strong, dominant men, fiercely protective. And again, that unexpected protector. Mm-hmm. Um, but their heroines, whether or not they are a strong character when the book starts out, by the end of the book, like they are these strong, willful women who are not afraid to speak their mind. And that is one thing I like. Like they have like those elements where like they know where they're not supposed to go over the line because of like who their like hero is, but they're not, they're not put down. They're not talked down to like, they're just as important to these heroes as like the family itself. Well, and in this book in particular with Taken, there is power playing in this book. Nicholas is absolutely the man of power in this book. Like he... Mm -hmm. He is calling the shots. He is moving all the pieces. But it isn't unbalanced power. And what I mean by that is he allows Tess as much as he can and keep her safe Mm -hmm. to be Tess. And you see that same theme in the four following books. Yeah. You get the power play of Mafia, but also it's not unbalanced. There is that imbalance to an extent in parts of the books because the heroines are kind of figuring out like how far they can take things and figuring out who they are in this world with their hero and so like there is a little bit of an imbalance there but it's more of a case of they're fit like they're coming into their own as these mafia queens yeah well and that was a different term that michelle heard uses a lot that i haven't actually heard a ton used in reference to mafia so the princesses are these daughters of mafia families that are treated like they can do no wrong they are every whim of theirs is given to Mm -hmm. them there's money aplenty and then once a, a woman marries the head of a family they then give her the term of a queen yeah and that is that you should be given respect but you have power and in these books, all of these women are queens before they marry, mm-hmm. before they're in that relationship, in their own rights, in their own worlds. They are ruling and demanding authority from the people around them. Mm-hmm. Except book three, she doesn't really have 
any authority going into it, but she does at the same time. But she does that book. <clears throat> so there are five books in this series. Lee and I have now read all five books. And when I say to you- You're welcome, you, Becky. You're welcome. <laughs> read them all. I mean it. Just read them. Now, I have some favorites. Taken is a great series starter. The last 40% of this book is a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. and, there, and there are a couple elements that Becky and I both agree we don't love the way they played out, but it it works fine. It's okay. It's okay. To, it just I would have liked it to be a little bit different, but that's yeah. okay. It just wasn't, I wasn't like, ooh, that was great. It was a ride. It yeah. wasn't a bad ride. No. But it was a ride. Um, So therefore, it like wasn't my favorite in this whole series. However, book three and book two. I would say that my favorites are three, two, one. No. Yeah. Three, two, one, five, and then four. Oh, see, mine are three, two, four. No, three, two, five, one, four. Yeah. And there's kidnapping. Yeah. There is kidnapping. There are hostages. And I will say, like, these stand alone really well on their own because I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. It's truth. I read these out of order. You're welcome. I did read book one first, but then I was really intrigued by book five story. So I read that one second because, but they do stand alone really well on their own because going from book one to book five, like I didn't need book two, three, and four. Like I could have just stopped there, but I had to go back and get those stories too. But like, there are things that happen in book one that like kind of it like introduces book five. So that's why I really needed to go to that next. Cause I needed to know what happened. <laughs> I, I get it. I, I get it. And see, book five is very dynamic. And for me, it is a great series finisher. Mm -hmm. It I was agree. so well done. And I am now intrigued by Michelle Hurd. So if she's not an well, author that you've ever read before, you absolutely should be checking. And her if out. you want the parents, so the parents of all of these people, they're the previous series. So you can go back and read those. I haven't read those ones yet, but I throw okay. my... Oh, I, I don't think now. it's everybody in the series, just four and five. Um, I don't know. There's a few. There's a few. Because oh, I'm looking it up. We, in, well, things happen in book one. And then book two, the father isn't such a good person. No. Oh, no. And book three, his father's dead. Okay. And so, so is his mom. So the uh, the uncles, the Damien and Dimitri Betroff, which are Victor's family. That's book five. They are, they are book one and book four of the original series. Lucian, who is the dad of book four, is book two in the series. And okay. then Carson, who actually is the um, where they go stay, like that place that they go to. Yeah, yeah. He is book three. And Alexei Kozlov is his brother, I think, and he is book five. So there's some tie-in to places that they end up in this in book one, in this story. So we get three of like the yeah the OGs. I will tell you though, this book stands on its own. It feels like it mm -hmm. kicks off its very own standalone book and a series. And I previously haven't had that happen. I previously have read some books where. It was supposed to be a first in series. It was a spinoff and it didn't really and it work. Didn't, well, and it's a second gen too. So like, but you like not reading the first gen, like. It works phenomenal. 
Yeah. yeah. And I hadn't read the first gen of this series. So anyway, if you have a book you think we should read for a quick shot of romance, send us an email to the bees at bookcaseandcoffee.com. Leah, this was delightful to talk about Taken by a Sinner with you. It was delightful. You're welcome for recommending it. You're, yeah, <laughs> thanks. Because I had nothing to do for two and a half days. So you, you know. didn't. You had no other books you needed to read. You needed to read these mafia romances. I wrapped Christmas presents Christmas morning. And actually, I didn't even wrap them. I made me do it. So because oh. I needed to read. Well, priorities here, right? Priorities. Until next time, everyone. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes. 